technology works. Thank the Lord. Good morning. My name is Nigel Stapleton. I'm a member of this church and have been for quite some while. Before I say any more, I'm going to thank one person in this congregation. Who would it be? Would it be you? Jamie, it's you. To sing how great thou art and have a brass instrument, I thought was absolutely superb. So, on behalf of the church, just say a big thank you. And behind you are two more who actually take part in the guitar and and, and on the drum. I'm looking forward to when the old folks, like me and others, aren't playing the instruments and you guys are actually doing it. Thank you. Real big thank you for your contribution. It's appreciated by us all. Good. So, Steve, Steve and Danny uh, ran away and left us, and he said, well, there's a new series, and it's Relationship God's Way. And this new series is concerning our relationships, and in that series, there are going to be seven, seven topics in that series. We'll be looking at f- forgiving, well, stop passing judgment, admonish, be hospitable, etc., And it would be no surprise to you this morning of uh, what we we will be talking about because Emma's already preached half my sermon okay, so you've got a short one uh, coming up. So this is the first of the series, Accept One Another. Just before we go any further, let's just think, what's happened this week? What's it been like? There's been one significant thing that has been remembered. And that significant thing affects the whole of society. It was the launch of a rocket and the landing on the moon 50 years ago. The whole, the whole project, the whole focus of that rocket was actually to get to the moon. The whole focus was not only to get to the moon, but to land on the moon and also to come back. It was focused. It was all detailed. There was a massive team involved. Special assignment, a special purpose. In our house, we have a kettle. What's the kettle for? What's the purpose of the kettle? Boiling water. If you have a pen in your pocket, why have you got a pen in your pocket? What's the purpose of carrying a pen? You want to write something. I bought a hedge trimmer recently. What's the purpose of that? It's not to cut my hair. It's not to give to the children because you have to hold it in both hands because it's safe. So I can't use the hedge trimmer to trim my beard. Not even Morris's beard. Wouldn't do that. So it's designed for a purpose. And, you know, I was reminded that if we are to accept one another, 
What's the point from which we go out to accept other people? Is it from God's perspective or from a humane perspective? Something which looks good. Paul wrote uh, in Philippians. Philippians 3. He wrote these words. He said, I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul had a focus. He was to press on. He knew what it was to serve, and he was to press on. Knowing our purpose gives a few things. Knowing our person purpose means that we understand a meaning to life. Having a purpose in our life simplifies our life. It focuses our life. It motivates our life and prepares us for eternity. Not new. I looked at this book, Rick Warren, The Purpose Driven Life, published in 2003. And I reflected on some of the issues which we had there. It talks about our purpose, our relationship with God. And in talking to Steve, he's thinking about using this perhaps as a Lent study in the coming years. Living on purpose is the path to peace. If I go back to the Westminster Catechism written in 1646-1647. I find that this quotation, which has been said many times, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Enjoy him forever. You could say man's chief purpose the aim, the ultimate aim, was that we should glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. You know, we bring glory to God by worshipping Him. We bring glory to God by loving others. We bring glory to God by becoming Christ-like. And we bring glory to God by serving others and telling others of Him. You know, it's not popular with society in a me culture, is it? Because I haven't mentioned me. I haven't actually mentioned us. Because in the Christian life, the whole focus isn't on us. 
It's not what we do. It's not what I possess. It's not the way I do things. It's about God. It's the fact that we should honor Him. We should glorify His name. That's when, whilst we were singing that lovely song, you know, the harmony, it was great to, to have that harmony in this church as we sang. But the honor came out of that song was also Jesus, Lamb of God. We were worshiping. But life is not all about singing. Don't rely on me. But there are many others too who've got better voices. But it's the way we go about things. It's what we say to people. It's, it's what we say and how we love people. To know the purpose of life, we must begin with God, not ourselves. Or what anybody else thinks. Then we can begin to put in perspective this whole day idea of accepting. Where do we stand? Is your focus on God? Is what we're now going to look at in Romans chapter 15 and verse 1 to 13, which Rowena read to us, is that going to be something which is, which is fundamentally so outstanding that we, we're not quite sure how we're going to receive it and how we're going to respond to it? Let's have a look at it. And as we go through this passage, there are, there are some points which I want us to consider. We'll consider different sections under a heading. We'll look at the what, the why, and the how. The title of the sermon was Accepting One Another. We find that in verse 7 of chapter 15, and it's in the middle. So surrounding this verse are other aspects that we need to take into account when Paul was writing this. Do you remember that the week after Easter, we were I was speaking and I reminded that Peter was transformed when he met the risen Lord Jesus on the beach. A fisherman, and then he became a preacher and an evangelist, and he was part of the birth of the new church. Filled with God's Holy Spirit, he was used mightily by God. Paul is the same had the same reaction. Paul was on a journey. Saul was on a journey. And he was transformed by God's power and he became Paul. And Paul reminds us of some of the, the basic fundamentals of our Christian faith. In the first 11 chapters of Romans, we find that Paul reminds us of our salvation, of our forgiveness, of our security in Jesus Christ. And then in chapter 12, which I'm sure you will remember, he tells us how we should respond to the amazing grace and love of God. You see, God created us. He sent his son to die for us. And he prepares us for eternal life in heaven. Paul said those famous words which we quite often quote, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy... 
to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Romans chapter 12, first couple of verses. So that's the focus. This is the focus that we want to be looking at for this passage of chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 1. We are strong, who are strong, or to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who were in insults, you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might find hope. Paul had already spoken in chapter 14 of Romans uh, of those who were weak in the faith. But the interesting thing is it says that the strong shouldn't please themselves. I suppose the modern equivalent is if you're feeling strong don't bully. You say well no that, no, no sorry you got that wrong. We don't bully in church, mm, don't we? Let's think about that. So let's have a look at the what, the why and the how. The, the what, we're helping those who are weaker in the faith and different from ourselves. Those round about us those in our families, those who we come in contact with. So why should we take this into account? Because at the end of that passage, that, part, that short segment, it was so that through endurance and encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. The hope that is yet to come. The hope of life eternal. The hope of being with Jesus. So what is it like for us today? How do, how do, we, how do we encourage one another? How do we actually say, how can we get closer to this? Well, in, uh, in 2, 2 Timothy 3 we find that we're reminded by that verse which says all Scripture is good, is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, training in righteousness. And then in Psalm, we go back to the Old Testament. And what does the psalmist say about this, God's Word? He said this, Your Word, my Word, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If we are professing Christians, don't think that we can go through the day, the week, the month, the year, our childhood, our teenage years, our married life, without referring to God's Word. It is a lamp. It is a light. It actually shows us God's way. So why would you shut it up? 
Why would you not want to open it and explore it? Why, why would you leave it sitting on the shelf? Paul reminds us also that we need, when he was, um, came to uh, commissioning in the church with Paul and Barnabas, went to appoint elders. And he says there, they went and they, did, they had prayer and fasting. We can't neglect the communication with our loving Heavenly Father who has given and given and given and goes on giving and giving and giving. We need to respond. So regular personal prayer and Bible reading. One of the advantages of being retired, don't laugh, is actually that uh, it's great to be able to have a quiet time together at home. But then sometimes I'm not at home and I get on the train and I go to London. But also there are, there are others who are on the train. There are other Christians on the train. And you find they too are, are, are looking at Scripture. So there are, there are many plans. I look at the HTB going through the Bible every day. And it's great to just absorb something from God's Word. And to pray. Loving. God asked to give us, ask God to give us love for others and serve them. Romans uh, 12 and 9 says, Love must be sincere. And also, there's a lovely phrase that it says, Love in chapter 13, verse 10, it says, Love does no harm to neighbors. Have you ever thought about that? Love does no harm to your neighbours. Nine times out of ten, they can't quite hack it. Oh, that's nice of you. I didn't realise. But you see, God, God's made us to be his witnesses. And if we love our neighbours, we're beginning to express something of God's love as well. And then for us as a church coming together to learn and worship as a church family. The, the writer to the Hebrews in chapter 10 says, do not neglect, do not forget meeting together. Well, I found this version in, uh, in, in the, um, let me get it right now, the Passion Translation. And I think this is lovely. It said this of this verse, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day of dawning. Wow, I like that. In fact, we should. You know, we aren't meant to be lone Christians. A Christian on their own will wither. They have no life. And also, slipping into the bad habit, as some have formed the habit of doing, neglecting coming together, neglecting being part of God's church. Because to, when we're together, we learn of, from each other about the glory that we can give to God.
when we come together, we are accepting Christ and learning from him. What next? Romans chapter 15 and verse 5 says this, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity amongst yourselves so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's take a look then. The what? Give you a spirit of unity. You see, if we're to be talking about accepting one another, is that one-to-one in isolation? Or is it one within the unity of the church? In the Christian life, God gives endurance and encouragement. Endurement, endurance, sustainability. I wonder whether sometimes by our actions, do we limit God? Do we go back to the me society? Do we cut out the time and say, well, I can't do that because I'm meeting so-and-so for coffee, I've got to go to the gym, I need to get this done and I need to get that done, and by the way, God, you can have the little bit that's left at the end of the day. Or as we were talking about money recently in here, you know, well, Lord, my house is, is yours, uh, I've given you that, so that's for your glory. I, uh, we need to live, so this is this money. And I'll tell you what, God will give a little bit of what I've got left over. But actually, God's given it all. That's something we learnt from that. So, he encourages us. But look, just look. The prayers and worship of, the belie- of believers unites us in sweet music. It, and it's sweet music to God's ears. We made a very harmonious, I'm not the musician, so please don't get me wrong. We made a very harmonious song this morning to God. Just transpose that. End times and give praise and glory to God. But he likes when our prayers and our worship of believers united in a heart. I would like you to just look at the first verse. May the God who gives endurance give you a spirit of unity. How often do we strive to think that we by our actions and what we plan and what we do, are actually going to gain unity. It's God-given. So how do we receive that from God? How do we receive what he wants to give us? He wants to give us that spirit of unity. Have we ever thought of it? Or is it something that we push to one side and say... Nigel, not for us. There's unity in the home. 
glorify God in the home. I go back to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 6, and it says, impress these on, this is talking about the commands, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and of your gates. I learned of one family once who, as they were climbing mountains, they, dad would tell the story from, through, from Genesis through to Exodus and started telling snippets of the story from the Bible. Um, and the kids loved it. Got up the mountain fairly quickly as well. And um, what, what do we say then of our neighbors? Well, I've already said, love them. And it does no harm. But bear with one another in love, Paul writing to the Ephesians. But we must give effort. We must give effort to maintain unity. So that with one heart and mouth you may glorify God. I can't overemphasize Again, coming from this, if we're accepting one another, that we need to give the glory back to God. The church family. Some church members, perhaps, some congregation, ignore others. Perhaps we we come together for coffee and uh, we walk in and uh, I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to talk to her. I don't want to talk to him. I'll just have a coffee and I'll go over here. And so you find that some people sort of carve up what they want to do and how they're going to do it. They don't shake hands with everybody. They don't give everybody a hug. Well, that's fine. But we find that we need to live our unity within the church. In, uh, in Ephesians 4... We, uh, we read that uh, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. Sometimes, perhaps, before the Lord we have to confess We don't make any effort. We don't make any effort. Because it's me, I'm all right. If I continue on those verses, um, we find that Paul reminds us there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. This morning's service on the radio came from Keswick, and that's one of the themes that has been, uh, has held Keswick together, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, working together uh, for God's glory. Let's move on to the focus of, our, of our, our theme for today, accepting one another. Bit of a crunch this, isn't it, now? I've t- We've been, we've been talking about what Paul has reminded in the first couple of verses of, uh, of, of chapter 15. And now we come to this, this, this crunch. 
It comes against a background of helping the weak and the spirit of unity that we should accept. Well, why wouldn't you want to accept? Ask that question. Let's ask the question, why wouldn't you want to accept each other? Is it going to cost you? Is it going to cost us in time, in money? Perhaps because we could be classified as spiritual snobs. Perhaps because we could be classified as in a different class. Perhaps because we could be classified by our work. Mike was a, uh, a humble man. Mike had a, um, a, 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 undertook a manual, manual job in, in work and he was also a great, great man on Sundays. He'd come to worship in the church. And in that same church, Martin, he was, um, he was a prof at a London university. And he too was a Christian. But the wonderful thing was when... Mike and Martin got together. There was this wonderful bond of love and honor. They loved the Word of God. Mike had learnt it at home by studying it hard. Martin had been brought up in a Christian home and had learnt it from the beginning. Those two came together, united and accepting through the scriptures, the love of God. Bernie was a local council worker and his job was he was the janitor. And Bernie was very, very conscientious and he was, he was always proud that his loos were the cleanest in the town. On Sunday he would find Bernie worshipping God in church. In the week, they had a home group in their home. And the testimony of Bernie and his wife was that the garden was spotless. The testimony of Bernie for the children was that Uncle Bernie would always have a polo for the children. And they loved it. He had a ministry into various people. So why? We want to bring praise to God. If we don't know anything today about accepting God, let's learn quickly and give praise to Him. Psalm 139 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Recognize your uniqueness. And do you know something? I am not a twin. God made me me, and He's made you you. And Ephesians chapter 4 talks about the gifts which are given. I've already mentioned Jamie's gift this morning. I couldn't resist. But one, one musician once uh, said, I was talking to, said, I said, I can't play. And they turned around to me and said, don't worry, Nigel. I'll play for you. Acknowledge the work of the Holy Spirit in each other. My friends a young person whose maturity in God turned around to me and said, don't worry, I'll play for you.
to me, that struck a chord. There was somebody who was ministering to me. So we need to be made new in the attitude of our minds. Put on a new self to be created like God. My friends, you can't afford not to accept each other. Verse 8. Verse 8 of uh, Romans 15 says these words. I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God. It's a wonderful thing that we see. Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament. Old Testament. And Paul wants Roman Christians to transcend their culture of different cultural differences to build a united uh, church rooted in the gospel and gospel values. Why? To glorify God for his mercy. My friends, Christ died for all, the Jews and the Gentiles. He died for all of us, whether we're Welsh or English, whether we're from another country, it doesn't matter. Christ died for us. And we have no right to reject another. Christ has to be our model. Galatians 5, we read the fruit of the Spirit. doesn't need me to remind you the, the how. We need to be living by the fruit of the Spirit, as found in Galatians 5.22. And we need to keep in step. You don't run ahead. You don't lag behind. We keep in step. This version of of the, the Bible says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The Passion Translation puts it this way. It says, we must live in the Spirit and follow after Him So we must never be arrogant or look down on one another, for each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the values of others. Got it? Verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Spirit. Ephesians 5.21 invites us to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Not for ourselves, but for his honor. Titus 3. We are saved through washing, rebirth, renewal of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out generously. You know, we talk about the Holy Spirit. We can't have more of the Holy Spirit God has given his Holy Spirit. He can, however, he can, however, have more of us. 
or is that too hard? In having, accepting our relationships one with another, I believe we need to be seeking to find and to have more of our time, more of our talents, more of our gifts given over to Him. To know the, his, this love surpasses knowledge that we may be refilled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And we need to ask God to confirm His Holy Spirit. A church in London simply prays, Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Is that a prayer which you've prayed? That I've prayed? Come Holy Spirit. We cannot go through life. We cannot be accepting one another without having a focus guided by God's Holy Spirit. Personally, as, a, as a, an outreach group, as home groups, as small groups, as a church, we need to ask God Come, Holy Spirit. May we be given the grace. May we be given the resourcefulness to ask God to come by His Holy Spirit into our hearts, into our lives, that we may reflect and give glory to Him. As the band come up, let us pray. Lord, you know our makeup. You know where we've come from. You know the things that are in our hearts. And Lord, we just I just want to pray that today. You will cleanse us afresh and that you would renew us from within by the power of your Holy Spirit. Perhaps if you've never prayed it before, I'm going to invite you just to pray. Come Holy Spirit into my life. Come, Holy Spirit, into my life. Refresh me anew. If you've prayed that prayer this morning and want to talk afterwards, there'll be a prayer ministry team, some of prayer ministry teams or myself. And as we now look to worship God in song, we pray that that will bring honor and glory to Him. Amen. Thank you, Nigel. Uh, let's finish then by reflecting these words. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's sing in Christ alone, my hope is found.
Shalom.